0: Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Kerriger. It's
1: great to be back with you folks on this 148th podcast as uh, Stephanie Wesco and I continue through the book of Job and uh, we find ourselves on chapter 14. and. Uh, we're going to be talking today. Of Job is going to be speaking on life's problems, and certainly life is filled with problems. He he takes his life obviously at this point. Everything he's been through, all the physical problems, the losing of the family, the uh, you know losing all his his buildings, his cattle, uh, being looted, everything stolen, shaving his head, putting the robe on, putting the ashes out in mourning mood uh, mode, and uh, we just came through and he he talked to. Uh, he basically told off Zophar, he told off the men, he, uh, he finished up by saying, you guys don't get it. You're all wet, you knuckleheads, you're not getting where we're at. We, uh, we just came out of talking about how we should act around people who are hurting. And, and then we kind of talked about one of the things I liked that Stephanie did a, a few minutes ago is she talked about how we should be acting and where we should be looking for help and those things that we should be doing when times are hard. Uh, when things are tough. And and, uh, I thought that was a great blessing to me. So uh, with me as always is my friend and and co-host Stephanie Wesco. And Stephanie, how are you this morning?
2: I'm doing pretty well, Doug.
1: Praise God, and uh, pretty well is good enough for me. Just a few moments ago, as we uh, work our way through the book of Job and see what God has to offer, uh, we had a little bit of a uh, stop in the midst of that. where someone had called to talk about a missionary that's in a terrible situation. So as you hear this podcast, it's probably not all cleared up by the time you heard this. We're recording this one week uh, before you're going to hear it almost to the day, I think to the day. And so one week from today, you'll be listening to this. So we're in chapter 14 of the book of Job. So please pray. Uh, pray for those who are hurting today, those who need help. It says, man that is born of a woman in uh, chapter 14 is of few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. And dost thou open thine eyes upon such a one and bring us into judgment with thee? Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean, not one? Seeing his days are determined, the number of his months are with thee. Thou hast appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. And we see that same thing <clears throat> that God has given us the bounds of our habitation, the before and after time of them in the book of Acts. And in verse 6, it says, Turn from him that he may rest. He shall accomplish as a hireling his day. <clears throat> Excuse me. For there is hope of a tree if we cut it down, that it will sprout again, that the tender branch therefore will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth and the stock thereof die in the ground. Yet through the scent of water it will bud, and bring forth boughs like a plant. But man dieth, and wasteth away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? As the waters fail from the sea, and the flood decayeth and dryeth up, so man lieth down, and riseth up, till the heavens be no more. And they shall not wake, nor be raised out of their sleep. O oh, that thou wouldest hidest me in the grave, that thou wouldest keep me secret until thy wrath be past; that thou wouldest appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Thou shalt call and I will answer thee. Thou wilt have a desire to work of thine hands. For now thou numberest my steps. Does thou not watch over my sin? My transgression is sealed in a bag. Thou sowest up mine iniquity, and surely the mountains falling cometh to naught, and the rock is removed out of this place. The water wears the stones, and washeth away the things which grew out of the dust of the earth, and thou destroyeth the hope of man. Thou prevailest forever against him, and he passeth. Thou changest his countenance and sendeth him away. His sons come to honor. He knoweth it not. They are brought low, but he perceiveth it not of them. But his flesh upon him shall have pain, and his soul with him shall mourn. Wow. Boy, you want to talk about problems uh uh facing people today. I mean that that whole chapter, Stephanie, uh yeah. <clears throat> he's talking about how how we come forth, how we're gonna die and those things. He's in a bad place. <clears throat> yeah. He is uh uh he is in a bad place. He is in a place that uh uh, we've been there, and <clears throat> what kind of place is he in right now, Stephanie? What What are you thinking?
2: I think Job's um, pretty much gone to the place of pessimism again here, um, as he start. You know, he stood stood up for himself and talks about who God is, and towards the end of chapter thirteen, you know, and this is all one continual conversation Job's having. Um, The end of 13, he really gets into um, talking about how God put his feet in stocks and um, set us a print upon the heels of my feet Um, and almost talks about himself as being a rotten thing who's who's consuming away, being consumed away. and, And he was, he was dying. His body at this point was dying. And so we see Job slipping into... He's just pouring out everything that's going through his heart and his mind right now. He's just letting it all out. And I see that there's a lot of despair here um, where Job, I don't think, has a lot of hope that he's going to come away from this situation alive, that anything good, that he's going to see any good come out of this situation. yeah. But he says, I love how he says in verse six fifteen, Thou shalt call, and I will answer thee. Thou wilt have a desire to the work of thine hands. Yeah. For now thou numberest my steps. Dost thou not watch over my sin? My can transgression is sealed up in a bag, and thou sowest up mine iniquity. And I think that's a beautiful thing in verse in the the we see Job coming back to, but God, you're still God. And um in verse 17, Job, when Job says, "My transgression is sealed up in a bag," Thou sowest up my iniquity. God had taken care of his sin; He had forgiven him. Job knew that. You know, when you think of something sealed up in a bag, I think of something that stinks here.
1: Yeah, and it's, yeah. See,
2: the smell won't get around. And
1: what an image! Job's Thank you. No. Yeah. Pardon. I said, "What an image!" Thank you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sorry, you know, yeah. after flying and experiencing bags there oh. and yeah, anyway, I just get images in my head. So, but I think Job saying at the, you know, he, he comes back around to, he's going between that depression and despair and keeping his hope and trust in God and knowing that, that God's working a plan that he obviously doesn't understand.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's right. I. You know, we see so much in this chapter, even where he starts comparing himself to even a tree can be chopped down and then have life yeah. again. And uh, and, he, and he's talking, he's looking, I think Job thinks, you, you know, his chips have been thrown in, it's all over. I think Job yeah. is looking at this like, hey, it's all over. And, you know, I met a man uh, years ago that in 1958, he was in the active duty army. I was... Uh, I was a recruiter in 1984 in Danielson, Connecticut, Danielson, Putnam, Wyndham County, Connecticut. And as I recruited, I, I used to go every day to the track at the Ellis Technical School. They had a running track. It was a high school. There it was a tech school. And I used to go to that running track every afternoon, you know, when the students were done for the day. And I'd run two, three, four, five miles. I don't know. And I always saw this one man out there and I said, you know what, I am going to go out of my way. Uh, to talk to this fellow, And so I had a conversation with him because he saw me wearing an army shirt. And he said, I'm an army veteran. And I said, you are. And I said, when were you in the army? And he told me he had been in the Korean war and uh, uh, he had been in nine or 10 years and uh, that something went wrong with his heart. And he went to the army hospital and they said, you know what, you have heart problems and you got three, three to six months to live and they gave him a full medical retirement, and the VA gave him a medical retirement, and they sent him home. This was 1983. And I remember I looked at him and I said, sir, have you been back to the doctor? He says, yeah, but I'm not letting them take pictures, I'm not letting them do anything, because I told them there's a God factor. And uh, the God factor is he chose for me to live, and I'm still living. And uh, I remember as I talked to that guy, and this would have been you know 25 years after he was kicked out of the army, uh, uh, for having these heart problems, and I think Job is, Job is contrasting so many things and comparing, so many things. He's talking about the brevity of a man that God knows the before and aft times. He's 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 comparing us to being brittle. He's talking about our lives being turbulent, brief. I mean, all these things are notes that I have down in my Bible, and and uh, he's talking about man being a pathetic creature, and you know, in a way, he's right about that. Stephanie, we're just a vapor.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think um, is it James that talks about that yeah. that our life is but a vapor that vanisheth away, and um, Job understands the brevity of life. Yeah. You know, he watched or he didn't watch. He he had servants showing up saying, you know, all ten of your kids are gone. Yeah, and um, you know that's anyone who's listening who's been in a war zone and has had a friend taken away from them in front of them or um, has lost a child or um, has gone through any loss of a person that they love understands how quickly life can be snuffed out and literally in a split second your life can be over and Joe gets that and he takes life he is taking life very seriously here and um in verse 13, where he says, Oh, that thou wouldest hide me in the grave, that thou wouldest keep me secret until thy wrath be passed, that thou wouldest appoint me a set time and remember me. And he's like, God, please just let me die. Let me go to be with you.
1: Yeah. Let my
2: set set time be now. Job was at that point of complete and utter surrender to the Lord. And I really believe that from what he could see what he understood um he was going to die and i don't think to job it was a matter of if it was a matter of when and he just wanted the suffering to be over and um you know that's a normal response for any human being and you know if you're dealing with a friend or someone who's been through trauma and they're at a point of i just want to die i just want to I'm tired of the pain. I'm tired of the, uh, memories. I'm tired of the, um, constant, you know, when you have that trauma, that's constantly eating away at you, it's, it's very stressful. And if you have a friend that's in that place, be there to build them up, to encourage them, make sure that, um, you come alongside them and be, help bear that burden. It is a heavy burden. And, um, build them up, don't be there to say, well, that's sin for you to be thinking that way and blah, blah, blah. No, be there to be an encouragement to them um, because Job needed that and he didn't have that. You know, we're reading this, watching this, Job didn't have anyone. His wife was going through the same trauma he was in many regards as far as I think she had given up and his three quote unquote friends are slamming him um, and just slapping him around like he's a rag doll Job doesn't have anyone here. And he, he's talking honestly with God because he knows God's the righteous judge. And he know he knows he can trust God. He has a relationship with him. And I just see Job at this point just coming to God and saying, God, I know you're God. Yeah. And I know you can do whatever you want. Yeah. But God, I'm asking you just to cut my time of suffering short. Yeah. I think Job was.
1: I think you're right, and I, you know, one thing that just came to my mind that I, I really need to remember, and 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 I think this is something that we've spoken about before. Is, you know, dying uh, doesn't change you. It, it doesn't, uh, you know, you still have the same brain as we spoke about. You still have the same memories. It doesn't take away your spiritual side. It uh, it doesn't take away that relationship you have with Christ or. That relationship you have with God. And I think sometimes, you know, when we're at our illest and, you know, people are under hospice care, and and, and I know dear friends right now, uh, sister, that uh, are listening to this podcast that are in hospice care. I know people right now that are looking forward to meeting their Savior, but going through all the terribleness of death. And as we read here from the book of Job, and they're listening. And uh, as we're reading from the book of Job, I think it's important to understand that, uh, you know, death doesn't take away our relationship with Christ. Death doesn't take away who our identity and who our purpose is. It may take away, you know, going through dying, we may not be able to do all the things we want to do. Obviously, our body may get weaker or something like that. uh, But it doesn't take away those things we have with God. And there's people listening, Stephanie. There are people out there today uh, that are listening to us. there are people uh, right now that are in the throes of bad times. There are people out there right now that are at that terrible spot and uh, their hearts are hurting and uh, you know maybe they're PTSD, maybe they' got hurting hearts. Uh, there's pastors listening to us right now uh, who have people that are at, at deaths door and and I mean what do we think? I mean where do we where do we take from this scripture here? uh in in this wonderful chapter i mean it's been one great chapter after another it's been uh one great thing it's you know we start off with realizing that you know job's saying that, listen if you're born of a woman you're in for it there's no other way to deal with this i mean job's right here theologically job has just made a good point he's right if you're born of a woman there's only one way out of here and uh and, and folks well there's two there's the shout and the trump and uh, that may come. So we're either going to go through Death's Gate or the Lord's going to come back. And I wouldn't mind if he did that right. And folks, you know, we don't get to choose. That's God's choice. And and, and Stephanie, no matter how sad it is, I think we would all like to go in such a way uh, that we just go, you know, that we just go to bed one night and uh, our last breath on earth and our first breath, celestial, our first breath, uh, upon those golden shores. Our first breath, uh, looking at our Lord and Savior just happens instantaneously, but but that's not reality in many, many cases. God may have a different direction for us to go. Uh, God may have a different path for us to take and 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 so I guess what I'm saying is I know that some of you out there are hurting and I know that some of you are helping those who are hurting and I and I know some of you are are close to seeing our Lord you're, you're climbing the hill right now and you can hear the angels singing trust in God trust in God his light will uh, uh, bring you through these dark days it will just look for him look to him he'll bring you through but i mean stephanie and we're sitting here and we're looking at job and and he's talking about all this stuff he's saying you know i'm born of a woman i'm uh you know things uh you know god can do whatever he wants even a tree can regrow itself but men die and he's going on and on and so man lieth down and and uh and rises up to the heavens and then oh thou wouldest hide me in my grave i'm just ready to go is what he's saying and uh, thou shall call, he's, again, he's pleading to God, just answer me, God, show me something. Have you been to that place, Stephanie, where you pleaded out and you, you've said, God, show me something, answer me. Have you been there?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, and this isn't a one-time thing. As we see through the book of Job, Job's constantly coming back to the Lord, pleading with him to show himself real and show himself, um, show Job what he's doing and um, just, you know, just in this past week, I had a couple times where, you know, it wasn't just wasn't silent prayers. It was getting alone and just verbalizing to God where I was and just being honest. And I constantly tell ladies, your prayers don't have to be pretty. They don't have to be eloquent. They can sound, they can sound pretty rough but you're pouring your heart out to God. And that's what the Lord is looking for, is that humble spirit, that spirit that's willing to just pour itself out before him. And um, yeah. I love that the fact that we know we have an interceder. We have a someone who is there interceding on our behalf. And we have our great high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And we have a comforter. Job didn't have the comforter we have now. And we have the Holy Spirit that's there. And when we don't know how to pray, he's He's praying for us with groanings that can't be uttered and cling to that promise and that blessed hope it. that you have a Savior who loves you and is caring for you every moment of every day.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, he's going through life's problems, but in the midst of that, we got to remember uh, that you know, the the reality of now is real, but we also have if we've accepted Jesus Christ and in just a few minutes, I'm going to tell you what you need to know to do that. But if we've accepted Jesus Christ, you know, our, our future, our future, there's a certainty there. We get to go to heaven. And sometimes we have to bet on that, you know, and it's not betting it's happening. We have to live on that. Sometimes when times are real bad, sometimes when life is upside down, sometimes when things are upside down, we can say to ourselves, you know what? We get to go to heaven and yeah. at the end of all this we get to go to heaven and you know we got to live the best life we can now and it's hard and and I get that I know Stephanie that we're talking to people that and many of these people are hurting they're either in a trial now or they're coming out of a trial or they're getting ready to come through a trial and you know here's a couple of talking people on on your uh, on your iPhone or the radio station and and uh, but what we're telling you is so significant here and uh, is is live for God, live now the best you can, because we don't know how long we're gonna have this, but we know we have joy in God, we just finished that whole section out of Philippians, Joy from Jail. And, and, and man, if a guy who's chained to someone else, and uh, the only thing he can do is, is you know, use the restroom hook to this guy who's in Caesar's court, who's, who's right there, man. And he's uh, God's uh, inspiring him to write his holy, preserved, inspired word. And there he is writing the holy oracles of God through God, giving him word for word. And yet he's in jail. He's chained up. His life is upside down. So I guess the point I'm trying to get at, Stephanie, I want to give you a minute here uh, to talk about this, but I guess the point that I'm trying to get at and that we need to understand right now is we need to live now. I mean, what would you say about that? Yeah.
2: Well, I think um, there's the concept of every moment God gives us is a gift. And so use that gift to the day he's giving you, each breath he's giving you for his glory and live for him. And, um, you know, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know that God's given us today and his grace and his mercies are new every morning for each day. And so take hold of those mercies, take hope in who God is and that he loves you and that he has a plan for you and press on.
1: Press on. And, And, you know, probably there's no two better words to offer right now than press on do whatever you got to do trust whatever you got to trust just press on job is pressing on he's saying what's on his mind he's talking about different things he's he's trying to draw this all together for his friends and and i use that term very loosely uh he's you know here he is he's still dealing Mm -hmm. with eliphaz he's he's still dealing with bildad he's you know, he's still dealing with Zophar and he's dealing with God. Most importantly, he's he's talking about God and what God can do and God's attributes and, and how God changes things and how God can do things and how God can uh, change things in people's lives, how God can completely turn things around. And like that story I told you about the guy in 1958 was told, listen, it's over. You have three months to live. Listen, God makes those decisions and sometimes God completely changes things. I, I go to a church outside of Kansas City, Missouri, and just a few miles down the road, and there's three people in that church that have healed from pancreatic cancer. So to put this into perspective, uh, 50% of people with pancreatic cancer die. They have three people in that church that have lived from pancreatic cancer through it. They have not had one person with pancreatic cancer die. Why? Because God decided that they get to live. And uh, and we need to live that way, that God decides what we do, we gotta trust him, we gotta move on, well we sure do love you folks. Hey, take a couple seconds and listen to this important message, thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast today. One of the more exciting things about our ministry is being able to tell people how they can know for sure they're saved and believe in Jesus Christ and spend eternity in heaven. The Bible tells us there's four things we need to know to be saved. The first thing it tells us is we're all sinners. The Bible says there are none righteous. It says that everybody in the world is a sinner. The second thing that the Bible teaches us is there's a price on sin. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. The third thing and the good news that the Bible teaches us today is it says, but God commendeth his love toward us. While we were yet sinners, before we were even born, Christ died for us. So we can know we're a sinner, we can know there's a price on sin, but thank God that Christ died for us. Then the Bible says we must speak it in our mouth and believe it in our heart, that all we need to do is pray to God, believe it in our heart, that Christ has died for our sins and ask Him to save us in Jesus Christ's name. And you know what, folks, He will. If we can do anything to help you in that area, please send us a message. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.